On this episode of The Kickin' Show, announcements breaking out from part-time drivers within the Camping World Truck Series. Brennan Poole with On Point Motorsports, his 25th start with the team. As well as the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Will Rogers is returning to the Xfinity Series after two years away from the series. Plus a crew chief change in the NASCAR Cup Series, which could lead to a million dollar change. Crew chief Jonathan Haslow is gonna be coming in uh, taking over for the all-star race and then going forward also we're breaking everything down at mid-ohio and sonoma raceway with the dominant performance of kyle larson and hendrick motorsports they're totally not firing on all eight cylinders they are firing on all 32 cylinders because there's not a single car in that hendrick stable that is missing the beat right now and let's not forget our editor-in-chief jerry jordan traveling the sooner 600 weekend with kicking the tires driver Ryder wells you know back home it's another packed show with lots of great news and our all-star predictions don't go anywhere it's the kick and show good evening everybody welcome to the kick and show episode uh what we're in the 30s now something like that anyway uh welcome to the kick and show my name is justin schuler jerry jordan's not here because he's out with our student driver, uh, our sponsor driver, who's kicking some butt out there, uh, Ryder Wells. He's going to be tuning in a little bit later to give us some updates as Ryder Wells got a full packed weekend. Uh, if you haven't read the press release on the Sooner 600 weekend, be sure to check out kickingthetires.net and you can see uh, that schedule. It's a four-day race schedule, uh, pretty grueling, but really exciting to see how Ryder is going to be doing uh, throughout the races that weekend. Uh, but joined with us here over Zoom, uh, we got Seth Egger, our iRacing specialist. Seth, how are you doing out there? Doing well. Good, good. And uh, Zach Tanzaretti, who enjoyed a very eventful Indy 500, and I'm pretty sure you uh, you are already missing it, just like everyone else is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen, this was my fifth year covering that race, and I see it probably takes like a full week to get back down to like regular life you're on such a high the entire time you're there so i think we're about what a week and a half away or a week and a half out i'm, I'm pretty much back to normal now but it took a little bit yeah i don't really have quite that big of anticipation when it comes to sonoma but i'll tell you what considering what's happened the past couple of years i feel like i just went to an indy 500 because it's so nice to have a race back home <laughs> but uh before we get into uh the sonoma weekend and kind of recapping all of that um and instead of uh doing the kyle larson 350 i mean the uh, toyota save mart 350 uh we can uh look into some announcement first uh seth i think uh, me and you have some some pretty big news coming up here in the Xfinity Series, so why don't you share yours first? Yeah, uh, Will Rogers is returning to the Xfinity Series after two years away from the series. He ran four races for Brandon Built Motorsports uh, back in 2019, uh, most recently at Homestead at the season finale that year. Uh, quick side uh, from or quick aside from that, uh, Brandon Brown put up a genius video uh, for uh, sponsor marketing. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, please go and do a check out his Twitter. Uh, his number 68, as he worded it, is for sale for sponsors. But back to the announcement, uh, Will Rogers is returning to the Xfinity Series with sponsorship from GoodRx, and he will be driving... Uh, in multiple races for Sam Hunt Racing, the number 26 Toyota Supra, starting at Nashville Super Speedway on June 19th. 
Uh, he joins. They've had uh, quite a few drivers this year: uh, Grant Enfinger, Santino Ferrucci, Colin Garrett, Brandon Godovic, John Hiranimchuk, and Chris Wright. And maybe by the time Will gets into that car, uh, they'll be out of their slump. The last four races or so uh, have been all DNFs due to crashes. So um, maybe he can turn that around. Yeah, and Will's also racing for a, a really good cause too. Yes. Um, that's that's kind of, I th- I think that's cool is when you see these young drivers take that initiative uh, to go a step above and beyond than just finding a sponsorship, but also finding a cause to race for. That's that's super inspiring for um, uh, a lot of people in, in the in the in the sport, whether it be older fans or younger fans or even younger drivers up and coming. Right. So. Yes, uh, Will at three years old. Uh was diagnosed with a chronic liver disease. Um, I'm not going to try to pronounce it because I know I will butcher the pronunciation, but it's a PSC. And uh, he is basically driving, uh, using his platform to try to end liver diseases for himself and around the world. And he also founded the Will Rogers Liver Health Foundation, which is a 501c3, uh, which raises awareness for different liver diseases, including uh, hepatitis C, uh, through uh, race to end hepc.com. Yeah, and it, it's a solid card, too. I mean, we mentioned they're going through a little bit of a difficult um, run lately, but you know, I feel like what we saw from Santino, I mean, he's a brand new driver coming into NASCAR. For him, for him to get into that car and have top 15 speed at times. I mean, that, that shows what that car is capable of. And I know Will's really talented. I'm hoping that there's some road courses on his schedule, um, if they've announced that or not, because we've seen him in the ARCA East and West series, and he's got multiple wins. And I mean, he's a good um, oval racer as well. He had opportunity with, I believe, Ken Schrader, the number 52 uh, part-time ARCA a couple years ago, but really haven't seen him a whole lot since so for him to get into an Xfinity car that's got some potential um you know we'll see but it's just a lot to learn when you don't have consistent seat time like he's had uh he they haven't announced the rest of his schedule yet although he did hint at a road course or two being on his schedule which if you know Will Rogers he is excellent on road courses um those of us in the Monday Night League uh, know how good he is on road courses he had a chance to win this past weekend until uh, off-access paints Greg Stumpf uh, drove across the track and took out all four leaders. But that's another story for another time. <laughs> yeah, and, and even in real life too, right? You yes. remember when he uh, was still running up front in ARCA um, back at Sonoma and other tracks or, like that. Or and even, Ke- oh, Sorry. I was going to say, and then Kevin Harvick stepped in, and now not only is he running up front, but he's, like, pulling away and racing in a whole other zip code. So, yeah, he's he's not only extremely talented when it comes to turning right, but he's also got some coaching from one of the best, too. Yeah, he has, like, five straight wins in what was then the NASCAR Canaan Pro Series, now Arkham Menards East and West. Uh, and last year in the Arkham Menards National Championship, uh, when they race at the uh, Daytona Road Course, he started 19th and he climbed all the way up to, I think it was second before he had a flat tire and he ended up finishing fourth or fifth, if I remember correctly. But uh, 
that was his only start all year in uh, the national series. So no, uh, with little to no practice, and then they raced in the rain, which they didn't practice in the rain at night. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that takes talent. Yeah, well, I'm talking about another guy who's got extreme talent that's got a part-time schedule is Brennan Poole. Uh, another big announcement is that he's going to be starting his 25th start with On Point Motorsports, his 25th start with the team in the Camping World Truck Series race this weekend out at Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, he's no stranger to the team. Like I said, it's his 25th start, but he's also uh, run really well at Texas. Back in 2019, he finished seventh, um, and just with a part-time schedule, he put together finished results that look like he was going to run for the championship. Uh, not a win, but I mean, you're talking about constant top fives and top 10 finishes. And I think only one of those was uh, either a DNF or, or just not a lead lap finish a little further back, but he's, he's definitely going to be a pretty serious factor for another solid finish uh, this weekend. So Brandon Poole going to be uh, racing with on point motorsports in the camping world truck series. And speaking of talent, like you said, uh, I remember at Charlotte, he was dueling Kyle Busch for the win in an on-point motorsports truck. And uh, Brennan's truck, uh, I want to say it was before the final restart, uh, actually had the right rear shock fail. So he was basically running on three shocks with the truck uh, bouncing up and down, unpredictable balance, and somehow almost held off Kyle Busch for the win. It was, I think it was one or two laps to go when he got passed. Yeah. So, so he's, he's got, yeah, exactly. So it's just, it's cool to see some of these part-time drivers still getting this opportunity. You know, it makes you wish that they had some, some full-time chance at it, but uh, still really cool to see some of these guys kind of reminds me of like the old school road, road ringers um, back in the day when they would just come in at part-time schedules or whatnot and then just completely put on a show and, and it's this name that's not normally in the mix uh, during the oval races. So, but it's pretty cool. It'll be neat to see that, but yeah, that's kind of the big news from camping world truck series. You shared the big news with Will Rogers in the Xfinity series, but Zach top it off. Uh, we've got uh, some big news also in the cup series out with the Wood brothers. What's going on over there? Yeah. Well, one of the premier positions of every race team is the crew chief. And uh, there's a, Big crew chief change for one of the bigger teams. Uh, they haven't been performing as well, so they're going to be changing the crew chief. Jonathan Hassler is going to be coming in, uh, taking over for the all-star race and then going forward. Um, of course, Greg Irwin, who's tremendously, I mean, he's been in the sport for decades and he's had a lot of success, just not recently. Um, so, I mean, that's always one of the big changes we see when uh, definitely a high-caliber team who knows that they can do better that's one of the positions that they generally move around. They go to, uh, they'll go to engineers, they'll go to pit crew members or just whoever, but the crew chief is the, you know, he's the guy. Um, so uh, for, for Greg, it's just been tough with, with him. You know, he was put into Wood Brothers Racing and they just had an up and down, you know, last six or seven years, you know, from Ryan Blaney, who I felt that did really well. Greg wasn't with Ryan um, at the time, but, uh, I feel like Wood was finally starting to to get back to those competitive days that we saw way back when. And um, Blaney ended up going to Penske. And uh, when Paul Menard came over, Greg Owen was put on the box. And just an occasional top five, handful of top tens, but just nothing really 
um, past that. And De Benedetto, it's been pretty much the same results. Uh, you know, he nearly wins a plate race, you know, once a year or so. But I mean, when it comes to making the playoffs, it, it's he's kind of right there. And and I'm, I know they want a lot more than that, especially seeing you know how Penske has been running for the last few years. They're definitely well behind. So um, it, it's going to be an interesting move. Hassler doesn't have a lot of uh, uh, crew chief experience, but uh, it's just all about finding that right connection with the driver um, in the car. Um, I, I know Matt's been having a really tough year. I always try kind of looking past the first season with a driver in a car. because I just, I just know how long it can take for some guys. Some guys jump in and they just get right to the top and it just, it's perfect. But other guys, for most drivers, I would say it's just not that way. Um, and unfortunately, the second year going in, Matt just hasn't really clicked and he's not doing any better than he did last year. If not, maybe a little bit worse. Uh, so that that's when I'm like, okay, we have to see a change here. And, and this is a, a well-planned change. I'm sure it didn't happen over the last couple of days. Uh, they, they were probably sitting back and just seeing how this season was going to progress. Coming up, coming up on the halfway point, the summer stretch coming up, I think it's a perfect time to to change things up and see how they how they last the rest of the season going into the playoffs if they make them. Yeah, and I and I think you were mentioning it too. Like he's been he's been with the team for like a decade or so, long time, and it's it, that's how brutal this this sport gets, especially at the top level. Like you can be with the team for a decade or even longer, extremely loyal, and you start missing it whether it be uh you know you're just missing the mark or it could be just the matter of fact that there's no practice and you can't really figure things out and you can just be spat out super quick so um definitely wish the best for greg Irwin. uh i i talked with someone who works within penske and they said that there's no official word on if he's going to be completely let go or if he's going to another position uh under the tent kind of thing so we'll just have to wait and see but um but yeah, you were saying too, like Matt Benedetto's performance slacking off and everything. Like we know he's capable of of that win. Like he's he's had a couple runner-up finishes. And I think this year they had some tracks circled on their schedule. And for some reason that it's just just hasn't hasn't showed up. Um and then looking back at last year, you would you would have never thought like Las Vegas Motor Speedway would have been circled on their calendar. Uh, it probably wasn't, right? <laughs> and and sure enough, both races he's he's runner up. So um, we definitely know he's capable of doing that. So I think they just need to find that groove again. And uh, uh, maybe this could be the change or, or, or something else, but hoping, hoping that gets that turned around for them, because I know there's, there's a lot of people out there, not just, not just Matt Benedetto fans, but just NASCAR fans in general, who would love to see Matty D win and, and see Wood Brothers get that number 100. So Hendrick getting number 800 and Wood Brothers getting number 100 in the same year. That would be, that would be kind of a cool story. So perfect. Well, uh, that's, that's definitely some big news with all three uh, NASCAR series. Um, there might be even some bigger news with ARCA coming up, but uh, definitely, definitely waiting on an official announcement with that. But uh, Seth, you have some big news when it comes to the digital form yep. of NASCAR racing. So tell us what's going on over there. So last year, Parker Klingerman and Landon Castle formed E-Racer, which is essentially a promoter on iRacing. They promoted last year the Firecracker 200 and the Firecracker 400 using the 1987 NASCAR uh, Chevrolet Monte Carlo and the Ford Thunderbird in races at 
the old Daytona, the bumpy Daytona on iRacing. Well, this year it's coming back for the second annual Firecracker 400. And the Firecracker 200 is for those who make it to the top 88 but fail to qualify for the feature race. $12,500 purse for the Firecracker 400, sponsored by Blue Emu. And there are a lot of drivers already signed up. Uh, I've seen Dale Jr. in a practice race. I've seen Landon Huffman sign up. I've seen several of the Coca-Cola series drivers signing up. Uh, Dylan Duvall from Stuart Haas. Uh, you have Ray Alfala from uh, Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, you have some former Coke series drivers, including our friend Brandon Cattell, who we've sponsored uh, several times before, although he is the defending winner of the race. And... I have a feeling there might be a bidding war to sponsor him this time around from what it sounds like. So congratulations to him and hope for the best for him. But uh, hopefully I can get my kicking the tires car into the field. Are you going to do a bump and run like Ryder Wells on, on some people? <laughs> if I have to. Uh, if that would be the difference between not making the field and earning no money and making at least a minimum of $100. We still need to get Zach into this iRacing stuff, right, Zach? Well, my question for Seth, like, is it easy to do a bump and run on iRacing? Is it easy to give someone a light tap and kind of upset the rear end? Or is it, it, it tough is. to kind of gauge? Well, it is. If you remember, um, uh, Timmy Hill did that to win the Pro Invitational at Texas, moving William Byron out of the way. But the thing is, um, we're running on a super speedway at Daytona. This, uh, uh <laughs> you have uh, the qualifying preliminary heats next week, then you have two rounds of qualifying the following week, followed by the Firecracker 200 and the Firecracker 400. So it should be interesting. Um, I'm not on a team, so as far as qualifying is concerned, I'm on my own for making the setup. Uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, but, um, have to make it to that point first. Uh, and earlier this year, I had to back out of their big money race, uh, the Carnomaly 500. Uh, I opted to spend some time with mom instead of uh, focusing on trying to practice qualifying race and uh, use the credit I paid for that towards uh, the Firecracker uh, races this week. I'm very thankful that Parker and Landon were so understanding about that earlier in the year. Yeah, definitely. So, well, best of luck. Let's get a, let's put on a kicking show with that race, right? <laughs> oh yeah, my Parker. Funny enough, and it was a fun race. Uh, I'll be honest, I qualified mid pack. Uh, the it had been about five years since I ran that car and track combination. Uh, Stefan Wilson was battling with Brad Perez, who just joined the league. Uh. Let's see. And they were also battling with Will Rogers, who we just spoke about earlier, and Nick Sanchez and Josh Blicky. And it was a good battle for the top five. Uh, I stayed out of the way when they came and lapped me just before the halfway break. And cresting the hill to go downhill into the final corner, Greg Stumpf, who is off-axis paint, uh, crashed and then tried to rejoin the track 
And when he rejoined the track, he clobbered Will Rogers, sent Stephen Wilson into the grass. Brad Perez uh, had nowhere to go. Nick Sanchez had nowhere to go. I make it through the smoke. And Josh Blicky behind me makes it through the smoke. And that's about it. Um, so I got back on the lead lap from that. And then the caution wave for the halfway break. And that's what kept me on the lead lap for the rest of the race. Um, but Stephen Wilson, after that point, uh, he was undamaged and basically walked away from it because everybody else restarted to the lower half of the top 10 that he was battling with. And uh, he didn't have as much competition and just cruised to a victory. Out of the 40 uh, cars on track, I finished 20th after qualifying 21st. So could have been better, could have been worse. But again, it, I've been away from that car and track combo for so long that I just wasn't used to it. Then we had the FTF League. Uh, our friends uh, Justin Malillo over at Ford of Fans Racing, they had Madness at Monza, not to be confused with the, the infamous Monza Madness from last year. Uh, sorry, Kyle Larson, for bringing that up. But oh, no. Uh, Rip. Can... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but, um, moving forward, uh, but yeah. I will say that was a fun race. That one uh, with the with the big long oval. That was that was yeah. nuts. <laughs> yes, and uh, for the Z's Custom Diecast Two Hundred, the official name of the Madness at Monza, uh, Rudy Valentin won the race, and our friend Justin Malillo not only did he earn a top ten, he earned a top five, finishing third. By eight hundredths of a second, it was a three-way photo finish uh, for the win in those uh, Xfinity cars that they drove there. So, congrats to Valentin for the win, and nice to see our friend Justin get a top five. And the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series there currently off. Uh, it's a three-week break. Uh, they returned the week of Pocono. The Pro Invitational is off as well right now. Uh, Fox just finished their half of the season. NBC has yet to announce the schedule for their half of the season, so stay tuned for that. And Wait, NBC I, hasn't announced their schedule yet? They have not. Oh, geez. That's, uh, yikes. Uh, not to assume, but if I had to guess, Nashville would probably be one of them since it's a brand new track. Because the trend has been they run at new tracks and significant races. So that would be Nashville, Road America, the Indy GP. And then that leaves another two races uh, up in the air for what they decide to do. At least that's my guess. They're, I don't have any actual knowledge of their the schedule as of right now. And iRacing has actually hidden that from us. So <laughs> we can't yeah. find that out either. Yeah, no, uh, that make that makes sense. I know I know Fox is doing the All Star Race this weekend. Yes. Um, but yeah, NBC starting in Nashville. But yeah, gosh, that's that's not that far away. Well, there you have uh, it, folks. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Ryder here. Just went out for a seat race and uh, finished his first heat in fifth. Uh, Ryder, tell us a little bit about what we're doing with the car and what we're trying to do up here in the Sooner Six Hundred. Uh, right now we're changing up the car. It's a little tight, so we're going to make it a little bit looser for me. 
Uh, for this week, we're right, we're just trying to get a win, trying to mess everybody up a little bit. We're not racing for points for this series. We're just trying to get a little exposure to what this series is. We're trying to get a win, top five in the rest of the races, and trying to just get as best as we can and learn about this car. What's a uh, yeah. rider? What's what? What's one of the biggest challenges out there? I saw you racing around fifth there. The track seems pretty narrow. Like, what's probably the biggest yes. challenge for you to get a uh, get around these guys? Uh, well, they're all really good drivers. So, you know, back home when you try to make, or they would make a mistake and we can do it, but up here they don't really make mistakes. So you you got to get around them as fast as you can on starts, or else you're not going to get around them. So it's hard to get around them, especially on this. The banking is really low. It's a really narrow track tonight, so it's really hard to get around for just racing. You gonna plan to do any little bump and runs then, or? <laughs> I, I I probably will. I'm starting. Uh, we don't know where I'm starting, but we're pretty sure I'm gonna start in the beat. But we're we're pretty sure we're gonna start top six when we get our way up. Top six transfers to the A's. I gotta play a tough PR guy here. He's gotta go work on the car and get ready. So. Uh, uh, I got I to step in and cut it short, guys. Well, okay. So I, while I was out in Sonoma, we'll, we'll cover that here in a bit. But uh, Zach, why don't you go ahead and break down mid-Ohio because I heard of uh, – just, just, just tell us what happened out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just watched the race and then just – yeah, that's all I do is watch the race. Uh, I love mid-Ohio. I think it's such a super racy – race track you know we even saw a pretty solid arca race um when it came to the battles up front and inside the top five just how the corners are built like able to go from one corner to the next to the next and they all kind of wave together and it just leads to pretty tight competition and uh, i love the xfinity race uh we once again saw all the likes of you know austin Cindric and almondinger and uh, Ty Gibbs was incredible once again um, so I really didn't know who was going to win um, up until the end there uh, had a couple late restarts and Austin Sindrick ended up getting tossed off the track and he was out of it and that was that was a shocker and Almendinger got the penalty on pit road because um, due to the new pit road rules and how they they're doing it just a couple times this year um, yeah he got penalized and that led to just one of the best shows wait, wait uh, so 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 Almendinger so Almendinger's penalty on pit road what was that I believe he didn't spend enough time on his pit stop. Wait, wait. So you're saying you're saying his pit crew was too fast with uh, their pit stop from from pit entrance to pit exit uh, under green, which was fuel only under green. That's all that was allowed, unless you had a cut tire. That was the only exception. You had to spend a minimum of 50 seconds, five zero. Take a stab as to how long, take a stab as to how quick AJ was on pit road. 47 seconds? Yes. Yeah. And this is only the second time they've had these rules. They had these rules at, of all places last year, Road America. Why? Because they are not sending the actual pit crews out to the standalone Xfinity and truck races right now. This is meant to save on costs. So instead of it being the Cup Series pit crews being flown back and forth across the country, uh, it is some of the shop mechanics. It is some of the tire specialists. It is even some of the crew chiefs had 
rolls going over the wall to change tires, fuel the car, etc. So, uh, so why not just do a cold pit? So, so for those who don't understand, like a cold pit means uh, it's it's like a time slot of five to ten minutes where cars can come down the pit road, change tires, make adjustments, fuel the car, do whatever they need to, and then you come back out in the order that you came in. So you don't lose or gain any spots. The only way you can gain spots is if you decide to not come down the cold pit, uh, but you're not racing for position in a cold pit. ARCA does that. Uh, the ARCA West series did that at Sonoma. Uh, a lot of local tracks do that whenever they have like longer endurance races. And so that's a cold pit. A hot pit is what you see in the NASCAR Cup Series when drivers come down pit road, whether under green or under yellow, they go down pit road as fast as they can, quote unquote, because of the speed limit, right? But you change tires, add fuel, make adjustments, whatever it might be, unless there's a competition caution, then you can't fuel the tire, uh, fuel the car before that, fuel the tire, wow. Um, but that's what a hot pit is. And if you've been to a track and you've gotten infield passes, that's what your cold and hot passes mean. Uh, means that you are allowed whenever the pit road is cold, meaning there's no racing action on pit road or the hot pass means you're allowed to uh, be out there on, uh, on pit road access. So let's well, just help break it down. But this is the Xfinity series. Well, what are we doing? Well, wait, wait, let me, uh, that's what was under green under yellow. You cannot fuel and change tires on the same stop. So you could only do one or the other. You were not going to lose positions under caution Unless you only paid once. If you, you gain all those spots. Yeah, and then you gain all those spots. So it was a modified, it was like a blended hot and cold pit. Ay, ay, ay. And again, this was used at Road America last year. It was supposed to be used last year also at Mid Ohio and at Iowa, but because of the COVID, the schedule changed. For the truck series last year, it was supposed to be used at Iowa, in Canada, and at Gateway. Well, again, because of COVID, two of those three changed. We saw it at Gateway, and we're going to see it at Gateway again this year for the truck series. Uh... All right, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of that. It's like trying to say, well, college ball is like one step below NFL. So um, you can only score a certain amount of touchdowns and, and you can't let your score get too far ahead of the other team. That's not, this is, this is, this is college ball. We're talking about this is the Xfinity series. If it's Arca, I totally get it. Totally understand. But come on, this is the Xfinity series. I, I'm not a fan of it. Well, what about the truck series then? Because the truck series, I'm just playing devil's advocate, but the truck series is kind of that step between Xfinity and ARCA. I think I'd be okay with that. I think if the truck series did that with a couple select races, because like you said, it's that step between ARCA and and, and Xfinity, and, and I think it's still kind of like that that mid-novice tier of, of driver development versus like Xfinity is like your beginning level of the pros. Like, like that. that's what that's what separates these series, right? So, so mm -hmm. you have the truck series, which is the more advanced um, uh, amateur or novice level, right? Because that's like I said, one step above ARCA and then one step behind Xfinity. So I think that would be okay if we did that for some truck races, uh, unlike ARCA where we do it for most of their races, if not all of them in, in some of the East and West divisions. But 
yeah, an Xfinity, no, we, no, you can't, you can't, I don't think, I don't think we should have that. We can't have that. Like that's, that's because, because Xfinity should also be something, and this is just my opinion. Here's, here's something that NASCAR should look into. I don't think you should have any of the same pit crew members um, in Xfinity and, and cup, because I don't think the cup uh, pit crew members should be coming down to Xfinity. I think it should all be like at the beginning of the year, you sign up your team, just like, um, okay. Just like NFL, right? If we're going to go into this whole like stick and ball sport kind of thing with playoffs, let's do this. At the beginning of the year, you sign up your roster of your team members for your specific car number, right? Now you have all those people playing for your team. And then people can trade off uh, crew members. You can trade right front tire carriers for a Jackman and stuff like that. Now you're starting to branch out into individual stuff like that to go from Xfinity and Cup, kind of like college and and NFL or maybe AFL, uh, Arena Football League. Like that that, that would be, I think that well, would be huge. That would be well, I'll play thing to see. I'll play devil's advocate again then. If we're, if we're going to do it, in a stick and ball style, would a crew member being sent from the Cup Series down to the Xfing Series be like someone from uh, an MLB team being sent back down to AAA? That's a good. That's a good point. Um, and then I would probably counter that with you don't see like an NBA player going back to college ball or 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 something like that. And but I could and, see that because I don't and, because there's no there's not really a, an affiliate AAA team with uh, football. So um, I mean maybe there is with the AFL. I don't really know, but um, but yeah, uh, that'd be a good point. I'm not sure. And, but, and these are the same the arguments that are used about cup drivers going down to the lower to uh, the Xfinity series or the truck series. Yeah, no, that I'm. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree. I mean, I'm okay with cup talent going into Xfinity, but I think from like the last few weeks, we've seen the beauty of cup talent and Xfinity in that these cup drivers are helping out small teams. Like I, I feel like the the crew members they can do the same thing if they can compete in Xfinity. Go to BJ McLeod Motorsports. Go to Jordan Anderson. Like that's what we saw from yeah. Tyler Reddick. Dylan was in Ronnie Bassett car. Cole Custer was a Rick Ware Harvick was at BJ McLeod. Um, Chase Briscoe nearly won with BJ McLeod a couple weeks ago. Like that, I love to see because it helps the Cup driver get the experience on the track, the you know time for the sponsors, and then it helps the small team because they used to running thirtieth, and with Harvick they got a top five. Um, Briscoe nearly won, and then, you know, Reddick, Austin Dillon, like, they were all running with small teams. And I, I think that's where it gets a little sour seeing Kyle Busch go down there and win every race. He's with his cup team. He's got the best pit crew. He's got the same team owner. I mean, it's one of the best cup guys and one of the best equipment in the smaller series. So I, I think I don't think we're ever going to see Kyle Busch be with a small team. Maybe, maybe someday, but uh, I... I, I, especially from Coda, I, I think we saw the beauty and also the ugly side of Cup drivers in Xfinity. Well, yeah, I think I think I'd be okay with one-offs, like what you were saying with with Harvick and Briscoe and BJ McLeod and all that stuff. I think I think those one-offs are 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 fine. I think that would be great to see stuff like that. And I think what you were saying too, Seth, with the pick crew members, one-offs where okay, a a a, a Cup. Uh, pit crew member like maybe one or two coming down to help out with a team like that i think that would be okay uh obviously as, as it starts to grow and expand you know we we take it from there but that that's something that i'd like to see because i'd like to see some of these pit crew members get a bit more 
um, publicity maybe is the right word. I don't know, but I'd, I'd like to go, Hey, instead of the Jackman of Ryan Blaney's car, for example, I'd like to see like a name assigned to that. You know, you don't say like, Oh, Hey, the quarterback threw it to his wide receiver. You, you never hear that. You, you literally hear names well, assigned to all these. I, I remember when ESPN uh, broadcast NASCAR, ESPN, ABC, uh, has to be what, almost uh, eight years ago now. Um, they regularly had a camera on a pick crew member, and most weeks, at least in oh, the yeah, Xfinity like series, the helmet cams, yeah, yeah. And most weeks in the Xfinity series, if I remember correctly, it was a uh, Mark Hollywood Armstrong who was, uh, I want to say, a tire changer, if not a tire carrier for uh, Rusty Wallace Incorporated. So it, they and used to do that, remember. and and then. Uh, TV kind of drifted away from doing that. Oh, man. Like, imagine if we did that, especially now with, like, going from five lug nuts to one lug nut. Imagine us doing that just one more time before we go to one lug nut. Yeah. Hey, NBC. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> well, oh, man. I would so... Oh, I hope they do that. I hope they do that. Come on. Let's see that. All right. Uh, well, enough there, but um, uh, that's just my opinion. I don't want to uh, take up 30 minutes doing that. But, uh, Zach, we'll go back to you uh, out at Mid-Ohio. But uh, A.J. Allmendinger got that penalty, and, boy, did he uh, make a charge through the field. Yeah, and it, it was a really big race for him as well. I mean, we've seen him really start to strive really well on the ovals. You know, he won Atlanta last year, Vegas this year. Um, he's clearly the leader, you know, at least in my opinion, the leader of the team. Uh, Jed Burton is doing well, but um, AJ, with his experience, I mean, we come into a track like um, Mid-Ohio, you just know he's going to be a contender and uh, kind of started mid-pack a little bit and just got better and better throughout the day. Uh, got set back all the way to the back, and um, I, f I forget who said, but someone called it. Um, uh, it was uh, Mike Shank, um, who came from Indianapolis, and he came out to Mid-Ohio just to support AJ because he's Race for him for a long time. They're really good friends. And he's like, he's going to get back to the front. He's going to win this thing. And I forget who was in the booth, but they're like, I don't think that's going to happen. And uh, AJ went out there and he was just, he just did what he did, you know. And um, it's a home race, I believe, for either Matt Collig or one of his sponsors uh, for, the, for the team. Uh, they go out and they get a one-two finish with uh, Justin Haley. Um, and that was the first top five for Haley this year. He's been super, super quiet. Um, we know he, he hasn't won outside of a plate race. And I know he really wants to get that, you know, off his chest. He was close this time, but didn't get it done. And uh, Ty Gibbs, yet another top five. I think only once he hasn't finished in the top five. And that was when he had, a, a, like, pit road penalties at Darlington. Uh, Andy Lally, a top five, um, you know, with the Owl Motorsports team, which has been such a great surprise this year. Uh, you know, Brett Moffitt, I really wish he was uh, – I really wish he ran for points from the beginning of the year. Um, I, I'm sure he would be sort of in that playoff um, situation. And, uh, you know, he, he ended up getting a top five with Lally, so that was great. And it just had a nice overall feel to it. I just really loved the competition there. Uh, it seemed like a lot of fans showed up, you know, if it was just, you know, Xfinity race, and then Arca the day before. Um, anytime any cars race there, uh, they, they show the grassy, knoll, the grassy land and there's just chairs everywhere and people just having a good time. So that was that was big for them. And uh, yeah, I'm, it's certainly one of my favorite road courses of the year because it just leads to a lot of a lot of fun moments, and that that's what we saw all weekend. 
Well, uh, just to add to Ty Gibbs, and I'm not trying to hark on uh, Riley Herbst, but I am going to bring this up. Uh, in seven Xfinity starts, Ty Gibbs had six top five finishes. In 56 Xfinity starts, Riley Herbst has six top five finishes. Yeah, and in <laughs> in 100 Xfinity starts, Daniel Hemmick doesn't have a win. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, there's that too. It took Ty Gibbs one start. Now, then again, not many people went in their first start. I think Ty is a really exceptional talent. You can do anything in ARCA. That's what's a little something for me. I don't, you know, I take that that series seriously. Uh, But once you get to Xfinity and you're running, I don't care what equipment you're in. If you're beating guys who have been doing this for decades and um, some, some fantastic talent and race teams out there, for him to win twice and to contend for all the other wins that, that he didn't get. Uh, I think he puts everyone to shame. So we're going to see how he, how he does. I, I think when he gets into a full-time ride in Xfinity, whenever that is next year, two years from now, we always see like a shift, you know, like I remember Noah Graxon was part-time with Gibbs and he nearly won Richmond and he had great runs. He gets into full-time with junior motorsports, pretty comparative team and he's he's kind of quiet. He's a lot more. Um, it took him a while to win. So whether we'll see that with him, I'm not sure. I don't think he's going to go anywhere else besides the Gibbs team for obvious reasons. Uh, but, yeah, he, he's learning every week. He's leading an incredible amount of laps. He's going to win the Orchid Championship unless Corey Heim can keep him busy. Uh, but, yeah, he's just, he's just getting it done every week. Yeah, I mean, Josh Berry is one you can toss into there too. Very recently, is someone who, you know, if he had a full time ride, I mean, it, heck, if he were going for points, he'd be uh, he'd be having one of the playoff spots right now. So, but yeah, uh, so that's uh, that's what happened out there for you guys out here. It was um, uh, we raced the Sonoma. I'll start with the Arca race first because a buddy of mine who I've raced with uh, in karting uh, is running full time in the Arca Menards West Series. Uh, running second pretty much pretty much all day uh, actually started on pole and uh, when he got out of the car and found out he got that hot lap uh, and, and was right at the top of the board beating Chase Briscoe uh, Zane Smith he he had a big old smile on his face and it came down to pretty much the session had a yellow flag and uh, they only literally had enough time to do one lap so he had just that much time to uh, it was super close for him to just nail down a perfect lap for himself, but he got the job done. And, and here's what he shared after the race or after the qualifying session before the race. Oh, I mean, it feels amazing. These guys work so hard for me. And uh, I think we were good throughout practice. Uh, this place wears out tires so fast. It gets so greasy. I think we were in some traffic early on in the tire life and we kind of missed that fast lap. But I was pretty confident that when we put new tires on, we were going to have a good shot at the pole. And uh, we really played it out pretty well with the timing and getting a good uh, space on track. And I was able to lay it down. And uh, now we'll go play for 50 laps and see if we can hang on. Now, not only that, but you tested a little bit up at uh, Button Willow. Uh, I heard you ran some pretty quick times there, a few seconds quicker than most. Uh, how does that? How did that make you feel going into today? Obviously, it was a huge confidence boost to be able to have a good couple of test days and. Uh, I mean, I've just been waiting for this day to come for so long now, so I'm excited to be here. 
So a great qualifying run for Jake Drew there in the number nine car. And not only that, but the Sunrise Ford was running pretty much second all day to uh, Chase Briscoe. But it wasn't one of those where like the cup drivers just kind of get into the Arco race and just take off. He literally kept Chase Briscoe on us all race long. I think the furthest back he ever was at one point was just a, a little over two seconds. So right right on his tail, really. If if Chase had make, made a mistake, he would have been able to maybe get by him or 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 something like that. And this is the first time Chase has ever been on the track too. Uh, he said it's the first time he's ever been on Sonoma. So some extra seat time for him uh, to get into a, a stock car for the cup race. Um, and I think that definitely turned what could have been a challenge for a top 20. Uh, and, and he definitely put in a good run for a top 15 in the cup race on Sunday. Uh, but for Drew, uh, it was a good race overall. Um, unfortunately, pretty much got pinballed there at the end. Uh, and here's what he had to say about um, the end of his day. We fought hard all race. Um, we tried to learn as much as we could. I don't think we were quite there, but I think we uh, had a really good shot there at second. And those late race restarts, everybody was super aggressive. And uh, sadly, we got caught out by some guys just fighting for stuff that wasn't really theirs, I guess. But uh, that's how it goes. Some days you win, some days you lose. Um, we'll get it fixed up and we'll come back. And uh, all this stuff is still super new to me, so we'll keep learning and we'll keep progressing. And um, I think we're going to be big contender ever we go here pretty soon now for someone who's new i mean you're keeping someone chase briscoe honest all first half of that race what <laughs> you got a big smile on your face hearing that yeah i mean i still got a smile on my face i was having tons of fun out there um obviously a huge opportunity to do this from bob brincotti and marine his wife um i can't thank all those guys enough everybody at sunrise ford all the guys in the shop mike fisk dennis chris myself um bill cedric uh, my crew chief, Jeff, he worked so hard to get this thing right. Oh, I'd like to finish a race where we're supposed to. <laughs> uh, we're two for two on getting a little caught out on either an issue or uh, pretty much getting wiped out. So let's just try and get a clean finish where we need to be, where we're supposed to be, and uh, start trying to make, clean up some points. So a great a great race altogether. I mean, it, it was definitely eventful there towards the end with all those yellow flags. A lot of fun to watch Chase Briscoe getting the win ultimately there in the end. Um, but other than that, yeah, Sunday uh, was great. We had the NASCAR Kyle Larson Cup, I mean, the NASCAR Cup Series um, out there with the Kyle Larson 350. I mean, the Toyota Save Mart 350 at Kyle Larson Raceway. I, I mean, sorry. Uh, can you tell who dominated the day? <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it was his, yeah, it was his race. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the first time someone has swept both stages at Sonoma and gone on to win the race. And the reason that's so big is because if you are leading, the the better strategy is typically to come in and pit uh, just before two laps to go in the stage and give up those stage points. And that way, when everyone pits after the stage caution, you um, end up being right at the front. You don't lose any track position. But for some reason. Cliff Daniels just <laughs> let Kyle Larson stay out there and uh, uh, sweep uh, all the stages and go on to win. Uh, yeah, because the first stage, uh, they actually didn't realize when Pit Road was closing, and he was already past Pit Road when they called him in. Oh, that's right. That's right. The first one was actually a <laughs> yeah. mistake, which, which I don't which know. Chase Elliott's team did the same thing. Yeah, which I don't know... Um, I mean, that actually probably worked out better in their favor because of the competition caution at uh, lap 10, I yeah. think it was. So it may have actually worked out for them with that first one. But yeah, 
interesting set of uh, uh, strategies there. Um, but when it came down to it, and that last uh, on those last uh, couple laps there, especially with the was that technically a green white checkered at the end? I think it was. Yes, uh, it was overtime. Yeah. So uh, I know it was like uh, right on the money or or a lap later, uh, longer. But um, I mean, when it came down to it, no matter whose strategy did what, because because I mean, they all three of them did different strategies technically. Um, but when 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 it came down to it, you had the best three road course racers right there in the top three. You had Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, uh, Martin Truex Jr. And uh, it just goes to show these are the best these are the best three right now when it comes to road course races. But um, but yeah, Larson it just I mean I don't know how you can argue it right now. He's I I think he's the favorite for championship right now. He like there's just no stop in this guy. Yeah, and you can't stop the team either. It was what the fourth straight one-two finish for them. That's and three-four at Dover and a one-two-four-five at uh, the six hundred, I think. And, and that breaks a record from nineteen fifty-six that Carl Kike from racing had, which was three one-two finishes in a row. And it Hendrick is literally the only team that had three one-two finishes in a row in the modern era. Crazy. And so, guess who got a random draw to win the poll for the All-Star race? Yeah, right? So, so let's like, just really? give him a little bit more. <laughs> I know, like, come on. Like, I know it was a random draw, but I'm like, really? Do we have to put him on poll? <laughs> like, I, I want to be excited for the All-Star race. It's such a, a hit-or-miss event, no matter what track it's on. Um, but I mean, I enjoy Texas. It's one of my favorite ovals, actually. I, I like that it's a single groove. It leads to more urgency on restarts and more aggression to try to get that pass because you can't just go any way you want. Uh, but you know, lost enough fun. I mean, I mean, th I, thankfully the the format is messy. It's it's gonna be wild. Um, so maybe that'll shake it up. But uh, what Hendrick is doing right now is just absolutely surreal. It's unbelievable. And and Kyle didn't really have it that easy i felt on sunday i mean i really enjoyed the race sonoma's definitely not one of my favorite tracks but just gauging from how the competition was and i mean lawson had to you know he would restart 15th or so and he would have to do that a couple of times get back to the front over time he had a teammate there to take it a little easy on him with chase i would have liked to have seen i don't think chase took it easy on him <laughs> well he didn't hit him he didn't give him a bump you that's know? true i feel like if joey or kyle who was like third fourth fifth if they restarted second, they would have you know, maybe done a little more. But it was another well-deserved win for Kyle. I mean, it would have – we're used to seeing him lose races that he should have won. And, and now he's getting to a point where he's actually ca capping them off. And that's really dangerous for the rest of the competition. Yeah, and, and nothing is Chip Ganassi, but I just don't think Chip Ganassi has that – or had, I should say. I don't think they had that those long-run cars back when Larson was racing for him. I mean, obviously now, if things are, you can tell things are starting to turn over there, right? Because now it's almost like the opposite is happening. They're, they're, they're not getting good whenever we do have qualifying. They don't get good qualifying runs, but they're getting good long-run speed. I mean, look at what happened this past weekend with both cars getting a top 10 um, uh, there with Kurt Busch and, and Ross Chastain. Here's something I sent to Seth. Total wins in the number five car. You have Terry Labonte with 12, and he has a championship in the five car. Then you have Jeff Bodine with seven, Casey Kane with six, Mark Martin with five, 
Kyle Busch and Ricky Rudd with four, and Kyle Larson with three. It almost makes you wonder if Larson could beat Terry Labonte with the total number of wins with that five car by the end of this year alone. That's that's just how hot they are. And someone said, like, uh, someone who was it? Uh, was it Brock Beard from Last Car or someone said in the press in the media center that uh, Hendricks just firing on eight, on all eight cylinders cylinders? And I was just like, no, they're not. No, they're not. They're they're totally not firing on all eight cylinders. They are firing on all 32 cylinders because there's not a single car in that Hendrick stable that is missing the beat right now. And not only that, but uh, just to go back to Ganassi real quick, um, did anybody else catch Ross Chastain uh, oh after getting caught up in that uh, wreck in turn 11, cut through the inside turn 11 and gain positions under caution, not have to give them back? I was totally shocked, Seth, because not only did he cause the accident and he was in it, but then he cuts the course to gain, regain positions that he lost. Not only regain positions, he gained positions. He was running yeah. uh, uh, he was running ninth at the time, and on the restart, he was fourth, and nobody ahead of him pitted. Yeah. Nobody that would have been ahead of him pitted. Yeah, and my issue was, like, not only was he in, involved in the wreck, which usually you have to go to the back, uh, but he didn't even, like, try to get back onto the course. Like, he just went, like, straight. Yeah. There was no attempt to get back on. So it, it was really – I'm shocked that he didn't get sent to the back for that. And there's and, so many eyes from NASCAR, too, watching well, every well, little thing. Uh, apparently, the only area NASCAR was policing for cutting the course was turn six. Turn six? That's what the official wording was to Bob Pockers. Turn six. Carousel? Yeah, yes. that's the carousel. Where yes. can you cut that? You cut that? try, sure. Um, just letting you know what Bob Pockers was told. Un- unless, because that's okay. what Bob tweeted. Unless you're oh, okay. So okay, I know what you're talking about. So in the Kerchief virtual video, they mentioned that if you miss the if you miss the corner at turn four cutting five and six and using the old layout going uh, back, uh, going around the back part of that hill uh, through like uh, what, yeah. 4A or whatever it is. Where we yeah, 4A. Yeah. Um, if you did that and went straight through, no matter if you stopped or whatever else, you were instantly docked one lap. That was, that was the rule that was given to everyone in the video. That might be what uh, Bob is talking about. Maybe. But yeah, I'm I'm really surprised no one looked. If if that's true, I'm really surprised no one was keeping an eye on turn eleven. Obviously, and then uh, uh, you have the straight runoff of the S's from what is it ten and ten A, uh, where the Indy cars kind of took yeah. that little straight runoff. Um, that's also a, a an easy place to cut the track. The seven A turn was different this year from yeah two years ago because we used to go when we, when we raced up back up the drag strips so coming out of the carousel when you raced up the end of the drag strip going back up the hill uh we would take the far 7a turn and then loop hard back uh on the s's now we're taking uh the shorter 7a instead of the longer 7a which is the original layout um we we're, we're taking that shorter one there too now uh which which really if you take the longer way around you're not really cutting the track you're giving yourself more real estate to have to cover but um but yeah, so that's what Bob Pockers is referring to was was cutting the original yeah. loop back around, um, which I don't think anyone did. I don't think anyone did. 
Uh, I don't think anyone even missed turn four because I think two years ago someone did miss turn four. Cody Ware did. Yeah, so he and he literally just turned back around and went back to normal. Speaking of Cody Ware, uh, man, I feel bad for him with that wreck with Ryan Priest. Yeah, that that was. Well, first off, that was scary. That was scary. Yeah. Came back on the track. He, it was just a butt clincher, and all of us, like a lot, everyone in the media center, was just gasping. Um, but thankfully, uh, um, thankfully, Ryan Priest was able to walk away just fine, and, and Cody Ware able to walk away just fine as well. So that's good news there. But yeah, I, I don't know what happened there, but um, I don't know how that spotter didn't see that there were a few more cars coming down, or if he did say, I, I didn't hear any radio transcripts, so I don't know. But yeah, uh, that that was that was scary for sure. Um, but the other two I felt bad for um, were uh, uh, well Corey LaJoy because I thought he was going to just drop back uh, when he was starting up there at the front in one of those late cautions. But he was holding his ground. He was staying there in the top ten, and I was just like, "Holy crap! Heck yeah, go Corey! That's so cool!" <laughs> and then uh, Anthony Alfredo as well. Uh, we've raced with him on our racing with some of the leads. Uh, he also took advantage of some of that pit strategy. That was so cool to see him up front. And then just it was just unfortunate they just kind of got pinballed around uh, Corey LaJoy down in turn se- uh, turn eleven, and then um, I think Alfredo up in uh, turn seven and seven A got spun around too. So. That was that was really unfortunate. That was a huge bummer to see, but uh, really cool to see some some names that don't typically get to stay up front in the top ten. Uh, not only running it there, but but actually literally holding their ground. They were they were staying up there, so that was that was cool to see. And I was hoping for the best for them. But um, but overall, look, I, I'm just glad we're racing back in California. I've missed it. <laughs> it's been boring over here. <laughs> so. Good day at Sonoma. Um, Kyle Larson taking the win, obviously, in the Cup Series. And, uh, I mean, get ready, folks. I think we're getting ready to see see some history here uh, with with this guy. Because not only that, he's, he's, he, won, he won in Cup. He's dominating in dirt, uh, but with, both with uh, the Sprint cars, the World of Outlaws, the uh, dirt late models. I mean, gosh, that's a question I want to ask you, too. Do you think Kyle Larson is the most versatile driver in our generation right now? That that's a tough question. Um, I honestly, I know I was talking to somebody at Charlotte during the Coke Six Hundred about something exactly like this, and I want to say almost every generation we get two drivers that are very, very versatile, that can run just about everything. Uh, a while ago, it was Tony Stewart Robbie Gordon. Before that, it was A.J. Foyt. And, uh, you know, insert name here to a certain point, whether it was Al Unser, uh, whether it was, uh, uh, you know, a lot of different, not only IndyCar, but NASCAR drivers that would bounce back and forth. But honestly... I'd say there's probably two drivers right now that are extremely versatile, maybe the most versatile there is. Kyle Larson is definitely one of them. And I'd actually say Sheldon Creed is probably the other uh, with his background. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's nothing more I love than versatile race car drivers, especially when it comes to NASCAR and then going into IndyCar. Um, Jimmy Johnson definitely comes to mind. I know he's not in the NASCAR game anymore, but he's doing 
most of the IndyCar season on streets and, and road courses. Um, just to, to see that that change at such a an advanced age, you know, after decades in NASCAR. I mean, he did everything you can possibly do, basically. But he's he's ready for that challenge. And like to me, that's what I try to look for in a versatile driver. Not just to get around and try stuff, but to actually have that competitive fire still, especially as someone uh, who was so successful as him. And uh, we saw him do, you know, sports car stuff. And, you know, Fernando Alonso comes to mind. He hasn't done NASCAR yet, but he's done pretty much everything else. And um, he's won the Mall multiple times, Daytona, Formula One Championship, Monaco. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see him, you know, he's won the Indy 500 twice, you know, maybe he'll give NASCAR a try someday. Um, Almendinger is someone who's, who's currently doing NASCAR and he's been all around uh, sports car success. And, you know, he was in IndyCar for a bit there. So uh, it, it's a wide range. Jane Davison comes to mind um, who, who pretty much try to tackle each discipline and uh, not just try it just to try it, but to come in with that, that learner's hat on, you know, to be a student and to respect the sport and, and do the best they can. So there's a lot of them. And, uh, and Lawson is definitely right there in the conversation, for sure. He's definitely one of the more successful ones. Yeah, totally. And I'd like to see him do an Indy 500. Um, I'd like to see him do an Indy 500 and a Coke 600, like like what Tony Stewart and Kurt Busch have done in the past. That would be cool to see. I know there's a lot of fans who haven't really seen that. Like, there's there, we've had so many new fans come in the sport that haven't seen someone hop into both races like that on the same on the same day. So, I uh, hope he can make something like that work out here soon. Uh, and and I, I, I'm almost curious, but I'd like to see if he could do uh, a, a Formula One race. I don't know if there'd be schedule conflicts, but um, that would be kind of neat to see uh, see one of our drivers have that kind of versi- versatility, if, that, if that's a word, <laughs> if that's how you say that there. Versatility. Versatility, versatility, and, yeah. And... Uh, just, you know, another aside on that, uh, a outlet over in Europe called The Race uh, actually put out a story as to, uh, which goes into detail and describes how close Jeff Gordon actually came to making the jump to F1 in the early uh, 2000s and what he would have, what they would have required him to do before actually making that F1 start had that come to fruition. Yeah, because he got he got hugely inspired from that when they did those couple exhibition races uh, for two or three years out at Suzuka in Japan. Um, so, but yeah, uh, I mean, folks, get ready if if you're new to NASCAR, you're you're watching the next generation unfold right before your very eyes, and this is this is going to be the start of something big. I feel like so, uh, uh, just get ready for it. It's going to be exciting to watch. Talking about exciting to watch, we've got a very messy and busy all-star race weekend uh, with the Truck Series and Xfinity Series racing out at Texas Motor Speedway. Then the Cup Series having a non-points race. Uh, Everyone pretty much is going to be racing for a million bucks. And uh, Kyle Larson actually won that back in uh, 2019. So uh, he's looking to get a second million dollar check. But first, uh, Seth. I think we have a tie for the fantasy points lead and, and, and also a tie for what fourth or fifth place. Uh, we have a tie for the points lead. Yes, we do. Which is you and Jerry. Woo! Uh, and yes, there is a, another tie, which uh, let's see. I think it's fourth. It is for fifth. Between Sarah and summer, right? Yes, it is fifth between Sarah and summer. 
Fu and Rachel's up there in fourth. Yes. And then Zach got bumped down to third, but only by five points. Dang, it's a thing where the three of us are like running away. Yeah, Chris Buescher didn't help me too much on Sunday. I was watching him. I was waiting for him to, you know, improve on his car throughout the day. He was like up to 10th, but I think he ended up like 16th. He just wasn't wasn't as hot as I hoped him to be. Yeah, and like I've, I've, I remember saying last week I was going to go for the easy picks because I needed the points. And I picked Chase Elliott and he finished second in both stages and the race. So just shy of earning maximum points, which I believe is what you did, Justin. So, yep. boom, I'll take so it. So, <laughs> if, if it wasn't for me picking Chase, uh, you would be in third right now, and I would be in fifth right now. Yikes. Now you guys have to pick last. You're going to see what that's like every week. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> so, how does it feel, how does no, feel to not pick, pick last? I'm, I'm still picking first this week. I'm the lowest in points of the three of us. Yeah, so for, for All-Star Weekend, uh, I don't think we're going to do any points. Uh, but instead of, since we don't have a million bucks, uh, Seth, I think we were talking before the show, that if you can sweep the truck race the Xfinity race, and your all-star pick. If you can sweep those three, you get a 10-point bonus. Yeah, which is almost certainly not going to happen. But if it does happen with my picks, uh, maybe it's possible. Who knows? But my picks for the truck race is Chase Elliott. He's driving the 24 for uh, GMS racing this weekend. Uh in Xfinity, it's Kyle Busch in the 54. And in the Cup Series, it is Kyle Larson. And by the way, for, for this weekend, we're able to overlap picks just because yes. it is the all-star race. Yes. So um, so if any of you want to copy my pick, it's, uh, <laughs> there's your opportunity. Right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, Jerry's not back on, so uh, I so guess next Zach. Would be Yeah, next would be Zach. For a truck series, I'm going to probably go with you know what, Austin Hill. I'm going to change to him. Uh, he's really okay. good naps. Uh, so I'm going with Hill Bear for Xfinity. Uh, Graxon is going to bust out of his bad luck bubble. And I know he, had, he gave it away last, last time at Texas, and uh, that, that freaking killed him. So redemption for Graxon. And then for the All-Star race, um, well, first off, the I guess we're not picking open winners, but I think like Tyler Reddick, Stenhouse, and Eric Jones are gonna uh, win their way through the open, which is one of my favorite races throughout every series, so, every season. I love so, the open. So I'm gonna put you on the spot then. Who gets a fan vote? De Benedetto. Okay, I was just about to because say you're it, gonna say De Benedetto and Bubba Wallace ain't gonna make it. Ooh. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be close between those two, and, and maybe Timmy Hill. I saw a video of him with a cowboy hat on. <laughs> going for votes, so maybe he'll surprise us. I don't know. Um, but for the All-Star race, I'll, I'll copy Seth and go with Larson. I don't think I've picked him in a long time, so it's, it's about ready to get on that bandwagon going with Larson. Now, Justin, it's time for your picks. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to go with that Larson bandwagon if you want some easy yeah. points. Um, yeah, so okay, so for trucks, you said... Um, I went with Chase Elliott. Zach went with Austin Hill. Chase Elliott. Okay. Um, and we're at 
<coughs> oh, excuse me. And we're at um, and we're at Texas. Gosh, yes. you can't you can't go wrong with John Hunter Nemechek at these mile and a half tracks. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be the third one out with uh the truck race and go JHN. Uh, with that uh, uh, Xfinity, hmm, dang, I'm I'm not sure. Um, I, I'm gonna say Noah Gragson's gonna get his luck turned around, and he's gonna take the win out there. Uh, even though he's starting what he's starting pretty far back there, right? Uh, yeah, he's, he's yeah. All right, come on, Noah, let's pass twenty nine cars. <laughs> and uh okay uh i i do not want to pick larson just because i want to be different and i don't mind losing <laughs> non-point race go for it yeah right it's a non-points race um we talked about it earlier in the show and i think this crew chief change is going to be a one million dollar oh. crew chief change matt de benedetto is going to come out from either winning an open or the uh fan vote and sneak his way up there and find a way that because look if, if there's one crew chief that knows how to not manipulate but mess around with the rule book like that and be in a position with when the field gets inverted or whatever this is the guy uh, this is the guy so matt de benedetto is going to uh give Will you, brothers a uh, a million dollar check you do know who was last person to do that right for 25 years ago well no that well yes no he did by winning the open michael waltrip won the open in 1996 and then went on to win the all-star race yep for wood brothers that's what i thought wait but that's not what i was gonna uh, i was going with it Uh the the (laughs) only driver to win the fan vote and go on to win Casey Kane in 2008, if I remember correctly. There you go. It's not 2028, but... Uh... Well, well, here's the thing. It was 96, 2008, 12-year difference. It didn't happen last year, but then again, last year was weird as it is. So maybe it'll happen this year. I'm telling you. It's uh, I, I, I don't know. Just with this, with this All Star race, this is uh, this is gonna be someone that I don't think any of us are gonna think is gonna win it. I don't think Kyle Larson is gonna quite walk away from this one for some reason. You're right. Even though it might cost me points, I still hope for <laughs> just a different winner, please. Yeah. No. Th- and that's what's cool is the All Star race just has that magic sometimes, right? I mean, heck, two years ago, who would have thought Kyle Larson was gonna go out and win that thing, and then just out of nowhere in that last run, boom see ya so yeah but uh there you go so uh what we have uh one fan vote winner and then we have three opens right yeah Uh, yes so that would make a grand total of a field of 21 yeah so then uh zach you said eric jones tyler reddick and stenhouse stenhouse was going to win their opens and then de benedetto was going to get their fan vote um I I am gonna say Domenico is gonna win an open. Tyler Reddick and Eric Jones, and then Bubba Wallace is gonna get the fan vote. Um, I think those are gonna be the four they're gonna be uh, rounding out this field. Seth, who you got for the open winners? I'm gonna start with the open winners, uh, and I'm not saying in the order they're gonna win, but I think these are the ones that are gonna win. I think it'll be Domenico, Bubba Wallace, and 
Chase Briscoe. Mm, interesting. And oh, then, that's right. Briscoe's in there. Yeah. That's and good. then and then for the fan vote winner, let's go with an upset and say Timmy Hill. <laughs> you know, if if uh, if he had a Dogecoin car, I would uh, I would definitely say he would be getting the fan vote because Reddit would be blowing up right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine him just running a Dogecoin car and or, be like or a Doge Bitcoin for one dollar. <laughs> or a Bitcoin car for that matter. That's what Josh Wise did like seven years ago. He won with the we got the fan and, and uh Stephen Parsons uh earned quite a few fans uh driving uh the Dogecoin car twice this year mm-hmm. in uh Xfinity. There you go. All right. Well uh uh good show. I think that's a, a that's pretty much a wrap there. Um, other than that, um, I, I don't know if there's really anything else. Just enjoy the weekend, everyone. And, and uh, last race for Fox with the Oscar race. Hope it's a big one to uh, send them out. Oh, and uh, also, not anything official, but could this be Jeff Gordon's last year in the Fox booth? That's been kind of rumored around the garage lately. So we'll have to see what happens here as Fox ends their, ends their part of the season and sees what happens. And we'll have to see what happens with. Uh, Jeff Gordon to see if he does another year in the booth or uh, goes out to Hendrick Motorsports. So other than that, uh, that's pretty much the show. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. It's free. It doesn't cost you a penny. Um, Or if you haven't already, follow us on all your uh, favorite podcast platforms and all that. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. See ya!